Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim. And the topic of our podcast today is the execution of Private Eddie Slovak, who was the last American um, to be executed for desertion. And that happened back in 1945, toward the end of the Second World War. We're going to talk about Eddie and his story, but before we do, let me introduce our panel. I am joined, as always, to my left by the very lovely... Uh, very talented. Um, the Queen Amin, the Empress of Evil, the Mistress of the Macabre, Satan's dirty little secret. <laughs> what? Brandy. <laughs> How are you today, Brandy? I'm all right, Jimmy. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. I'm very, um, very pumped up. I'm going to Chicago this weekend. I'm you know. covering going to for Chicago you, so I know. I am. I'm going to a music festival in Chicago. So, any friends in Chicago? Well, um, hold on, what music festival? I'm not sure. You should have told me. It's probably the one Twin Peaks is playing. I could have got your backstage pass. It's Linda Loveless. When, uh, yeah, it's Linda, Lydia. Lydia it's Love. the Pitchfork Festival. Lydia Loveless, it plays there. But it might it's be... A it, it's, it's a whole... Yeah, it's a whole festival. It's not just her. We're going to have to see yeah. her specifically. Twin Peaks. My, my, my boy's in a band. Uh-huh. You know that. And his best friend, Cadian... Um, their band is headlining. Oh, show. well, give me free tickets then. Well, shit, you should have told me. You don't ever tell anybody what you're doing. You sneak around like you're in the CIA and whatnot. <laughs> I'm, a man, I'm a man of mystery. You are? Yeah. You're like Austin well, Powers. I'm just telling 10,000 people what I'm doing this weekend. He is like Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. He's out there shagging well, and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> shagging. <laughs> shagging. Yeah, they shag a lot over there in England, don't they? <laughs> they do. You know, the, you know the. Uh, I just read where it's really a good time to go to England because the prices are so low because yeah. of the Brexit. And um, but I heard they really give you a hard time at uh, immigration over there. They like they won't let you wait. You can't have layovers. You can't oh really? Wait. Yeah, Kate was telling me one of, one of our coworkers was telling me she went over there and. They, I guess they really the immigration over there is really tough. So uh, to all of our so British folks, I would come visit you, but you know how I get pulled. You know I get the third degree when I go to Mexico. So you guys are probably so developing. We can't even go over to Britain now. You probably can, but you know <laughs> what gets me in trouble is I got 
all these third world countries on my pass stamped on my passport and I get pulled out of line every time. But Kate does. I mean, Kate doesn't. You know, she doesn't go to third world countries, and they gave her a hard time. She was there with her family, so. I don't know. I just had a, you know, my ex worked in England for a while, and she had a, she, she she got messed up with their tax system over there, and it was a mess to kind of straighten out. So I, it sounds like their bureaucracy is sort of like here in the U.S. So um, even though I'd love to go to England, I don't want no hassle. So um, um, so to all of our English friends, I would love to see you, but. Um, uh, I think I'm going to go to Paris instead. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to Chicago Dick. for this uh, music festival this weekend, so I'm pumped about that. Uh, but what are you doing this weekend, Brandy? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go... I may go fishing. I oh. think I'm going to ride in a... Uh, I think I'm going to take Noah for a ride in a... Um, train. Go-kart. Oh, nice. No, I'm done with trains for a little while. We've done that... No one wants to go out of town. Does he? Yes. Now, to him, out of town is up the street. So <laughs> Around the block. And, and, I, and my hope, actually, is that my mother-in-law will take him for a little while to the park, and then I can watch Deadpool or something like that. Oh, Deadpool's good. I haven't seen it yet. I have the freaking movie. Yeah, it's good. It's very uh, funny. Let me introduce also uh, the very distinguished and honorable, the man of God. What? Man of Jesus. Really? Let's he is a man. He's, a, he's an ordained minister. You're going to get hit I got by, my own church. You're going to get hit by a car again. <clears throat> I'm ordained too. You I don't, don't have get, your own church. I don't get you that You ain't saving souls. Thing. She's asleep. She, she's, yeah, but she's. I'm the, a street preacher. She she's belongs to the dark you, side. You had a different church where the. Burning candles on the pentagram and uh, all that. Raping virgins. Then and don't you think you better Sacral. shut your pie hole before I do something? Good will always conquer evil, girl. That's not and even the truth true. shall set you free. Yeah, that's not true. That's bullshit. Well, but in in you know, in fairness to but and, and, you know, to give Brandy some equal time. Hell, Satan. Tim, <laughs> Timmy's gonna get hit by a car again. Leaving work, <laughs> you know. I think, jeez, I would never want to get hit by a car. You know, it's not a pleasant experience. But that's what's going to happen. You keep yepping, 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 and no, I love, I love God, and a man here is. I'm, I'm, I'm always in the presence of a man of God, and that's the very honorable, read the Reverend, Sir. Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters oh, III. Jesus God. Affectionately known as Southern Gentleman. How are you uh, today, Colonel? I could not be better today, Timmy. Could I wish you were going to Chicago this weekend. Well, you had could? you told me I would have gone up there with you. I, I, I don't even know. Um, Vaughn Hotel is band might be playing in the day. I would love to see him. Yeah. Well, find out for me. Can you find out? I'll text find me? out. But I know I know Twin Peaks, his best friend, is headlining the show. And uh, you when know you that? see him, you'll see Katie and singing, and he has my boots. Oh, okay. He was uh, at the house. I gave the boy a pair of boots, and he has loved the now boots. Now, do you know what night they play? I do not. Okay, because I think I think we're just going Saturday. We're going Friday. I think night. it's Saturday night. We're going to a blues club on Friday night, and then we're going. What club? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I wanted to go to Legends, the buddy guys, mm-hmm. uh, but there's somebody. There's another club that uh, the guy I'm going with, Ted. He wants to see his other guys, so I uh, play. So could be going to Shubas. 
I don't know. I don't know the name of it, but I'll let you know. But if you, yeah, it's like I live in Chicago. It's I know like you. Chicago. You're you're very familiar with the city. So if you, the district, ain't that what they call that area up there? The district. It's near Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Gary, Indiana. Gary, and, yeah. And, yeah. You, you want to be Waukegan. careful when you get between that another that it's. That little taint area between Gary and <laughs> yeah. and Chicago. Right you by the casino. Very, very careful. Yeah. The casino very is... careful. They got a lot of gentlemen's clubs. Yeah. You well, want to you go know, straight I, in, straight I, out. I frequent gentlemen's club because I'm a gentleman. Well, you are a gentleman. Yeah. And you should, they should just have an for you. I'm not an officer. Yeah, right. Nor a scholar anymore. Um, Colonel. Nor a scholar. Yes, sir. Do you have any shout outs? I do have some shout outs today. Well, why don't you please give us some? Um, oh, how about please. we start with Sydney and Mike? Um, keep us updated on what that dog's doing, Mike. We, we would love to know. Michael um, out there in Los Angeles. Sydney, uh, let us know. Sydney's wanting to put a band back together. We're, we're friends on Facebook. So okay. I follow a page. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a, she's a uh, avant-garde rocker, punk rocker. Oh, really? So, yeah. I, you know, we've been kind of called the avant-garde of uh, podcasters. Well, I believe, yes, we have, Tim. Yeah. I believe we have. It, 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 you know, if uh, Velvet Underground was still around, we'd be kind of hanging out with Andy Warhol and yeah, Lou. Yeah. Doing some smack with yeah. Lou. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we um, can do smack. <laughs> I was not interested until then. Yeah, you kind of peaked the hearing. You kind of got, you, you put your candy crush on pause when you heard when heroin was mentioned. I we think. all have our thing. Well, and then we got Tiffany Bell. Now, Tiffany's an interesting one because she, uh, very lovely lady. Very lovely. She up in Michigan mm-hmm. and has a, has, goes over to uh, South Haven quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But this year the fireworks were canceled in South Haven. They have a big display every year um, because there was too many drunken brawls. <laughs> and my guess is she was in the middle of Ms. it. Miss Bell was in the middle of that one. Uh, okay. So uh, we might see her on lockup or something. <laughs> I know, locked up abroad. <laughs> yeah. So um, of course we got Kim Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, the redhead devil. Lovely um, Kim Taylor down there in Kentucky. And Beaver Creek. Beaver Creek. Petticoat, she down Petticoat Junction, Kentucky. You think she, um, uh, you know, she, you think if, uh, she takes a bath in those water towers or go swimming mm-hmm. in the water towers yeah. outside of town like they did in Petticoat Junction? She, you know, she, she lucky as hell, though. She works in a sporting goods store. That's a cool job. Yeah, that's a sweet job. Sweet gig. Um, of course, we got um, Cindy Lou. Yes, Cindy Lou. Cindy Lou Laryngitis. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's her last name, but it's pretty close. Yeah, um, one that I really mean, bad. If for picking on me for pronouncing <laughs> names, you're pretty bad with them. What was the uh, oh Sarah Spaghetti? I know he can't. He's lucky to say his own name. Well, she was. She, uh, she's coming up. We got uh, now. We got one, and this one really. I'm, four names I'm down so proud. List. If you'd quit interrupting oh me, Devil. Oh my God. If, John Holmes. I like yeah. to give a shout out to John Holmes. John's. I've been a big fan of yours for many years. I, I um, don't. I don't think it's the same John Holmes. I, I don't think even you're talking about the porn John Holmes, porn star. Okay, I so think this it, is not him. I don't think so. I think he's dead. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's dead. John, we'll give you a shout out. He had a big wiener. Yeah, we'll give him a shout out. I'm sure he has a big wiener. I'm sure I'm a, certainly does. Not anymore. It's sure does. No, I'm talking about our John. I'm sure. Our John. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Um, Elise, of course, um, give us a shout out to her, and as we mentioned, Sarah, Sarah Spaghetti. Yeah, um, we like to. She told us how to 
say her real name properly, and that was just kind of dumb. Yep, Scott got it. You didn't. Scott's lying. Scott's like I sounded. <laughs> Scotty, Scotty J. The Lone Wolf will give you a shout out, but you was lying on that one. Um, Laura, Big Laura O. Laura O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Big Laura O. Um, big Big Laura. The, well, the Big O. Laura O. Laura, oh I, 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 she's not big. She's not big. I Quit meant talking. to put Laura the Big O. Is what I meant to put. This is what I meant to say. Laura, uh, Laura the Big O. Yes, because she's the uh, she's the only big O that you know. <laughs> she's the only big and O probably ever will. Uh, Bridget Clavy, mm-hmm. um, shout out to her. Um, now you know, and a lot of people, Timmy, they they were friends with them on Facebook. You follow, you know, you don't you see their posts and mm-hmm. whatnot. And we got Trish Hillard. Who I, I seen on a Facebook post yesterday? She lost a close he's a real, friend. He's a real creeper, isn't he? No, I, I'm serious about this. She lost a close, uh, okay. close friend. Okay. So our condolences to yes, her. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, Sorry, Trisha. And I seen that posted. So it was you know, must have been somebody she went to high school with or something. Right. Somebody you know a long time. Yeah. Uh, so our condolences, Trish, and good luck to Trish. Um, she is training for a uh, triathlon. Oh really? So, yeah. So, Very athletic. Um, no, I think the triathlon for her is the water parts going to the bathtub, the running parts oh, going to the refrigerator, and the bike parts. Can you spell triathlon? T R I. It's not that hard, devil. Give me a tough one, Roger Blackburn. We like to give you a shout out. And we missed your birthday, Roger. We got it on the page, but uh, yeah, happy belated birthday to Roger. Erica, one to you. Absolutely. Miss um, Banks, one to you. Tasha. Tasha Banks. Mm-hmm. And I want to give a special shout-out. I don't know if she know, listens to our show or not. I hope she does. <laughs> if she doesn't, it's really is a waste of time. Yeah, it's a waste of time. But I'm going to keep giving a shout-out and putting hashtags, and maybe the woman will respond. Because, you know, the colonel reached a certain level of celebrity here, Tim. You have? I mean, yeah, well, me and Leonardo. And You're avant-garde. Matt Damon. You know? Yeah. So I'm going to give a shout-out to Dolores O'Riordan. Okay. Um, Dolores O'Riordan was the lead singer of the Cranberries. Okay. And my next wife. I got that song. A, I got that Cranberry song. It's still in my head. Never Zombies. Seen, sings like angel, and she's just as beautiful as anybody you're ever going to see. So Dolores... If you're out there and you're listening, and she's Irish, yeah, that makes it mean, but uh, if you're listening, get in touch with the girl. Some of them Irish women are hot. That that that, that woman, that uh, Jim Carrey's girlfriend that committed suicide, she's very cute. I would be depressed if my girlfriend committed suicide. Well, she would be depressed if you were. <laughs> she was your girlfriend. Well, that would, that would do it. But, yeah, so that's what I have right now. So, um, okay. yeah, Dolores, if you're listening... Hashtag get with the colonel. Yes. Okay. Uh, also, uh, Colonel, uh, you have to give a shout out to my mom. And well, I got more shout outs to go. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I told you. <laughs> I Lady Beverly told you. And, Dor- and my lovely, lovely, lovely Daddy Scott. Thank you. Who, what is today? Uh, her birthday is uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, the, yeah, the eighth. So I don't know when we're gonna drop this one down, but yeah, it probably will be probably tomorrow. So if you're listening to mom, happy birthday! Happy birthday, Dottie. Um, Brandy, any shout outs? 
<laughs> you know, someone left should give a shout out too. I, Linda Middleton. Linda is very active on Always, the page, and we yes. appreciate that. Always appreciate her. And M again, M Waterfall. And I want to say M. I've got a, I've got a special shout out, not for you him. know what. I know, and but I don't think. I don't think she took your your blasphemous Britain text to heart and got pissy. I think she just likes to rip on us about thinking that we're going to have Donald, Donald Trump, Trump as president. Yeah. Which again, I said yesterday, and I will say again, it's hurtful <laughs> and really a low low blow. Yeah, but she's kind of right. I will choose not to think that. But M anyway, M has a lovely grandmother named Barbara, and I just wanted Babs. to give a special shout out to Barbara. Babs. No. Babs, I think her grandmother and her name is Barbara. I, she may, they may have wrote that song Barbara Allen about her. I believe they wrote the Beach Boys. Did they write a song Barbara, Barbara Ann. Ann about her? Barbara Ann. Barbara Ann. Maybe. I don't know for what her middle name is, but Barbara, Barbara if you're Barbara, if you're listening, Barbara. hello from the United States. Thank you for listening, Barbara. And M is you have a lovely granddaughter, and she's a very uh, loyal listener of ours, and we we really love having her on. Uh, on our uh, Facebook page and interacting with her. So, um, hi from this side of the world. Also, I thank you to, as always, to Leadership for their uh, generous support of the show on Patreon. And if you would like to support the program, um, just go to Patreon backslash History Weeps. We're there. Um, and we appreciate your support. Uh, I think it's all the shout-outs I have. And that PBS says that PBS mm. is brought to you by... Yeah, you know, we should have phones ringing in the background. We like should. you know. Oh, so we have another one on the line. Okay, no. Just seriously. Today's we're the, show is brought to you by... You talk about your fuzzy balls. The sweaty balls. The sweaty balls. <laughs> okay, no. But seriously, if you would like to contribute, um, all donations are appreciated, but... If you don't want to, that's fine as well. We don't care. Uh, we would take used clothing. We take uh, used clothing. Canned goods. Canned goods. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a history Dweeb's hunger drive. We you could sign over your automobile to us. Yeah. You could put Our us property. in your estate if you something could, happens you to could. you. Put us in your will. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh, the execution of Private Eddie Sovak, shall we? Since it is the topic of today's podcast. Sure. Forty minutes into this thing. Um, okay, the execution of Private Eddie Slovak. Uh, Eddie, Edward Donald Eddie, better known as Eddie Slovak, was, uh, you know when I think of Eddie, I think of that skier in England, Ed, Eric the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle. Eddie, 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 Eddie the Eagle. Eagle. Eddie the Eagle. It was just a movie about him. Yeah, I always think about him. Anyway, Edward Donald Eddie Slovak was a United States soldier during World War II, and he was the only American soldier to be court-martialed and executed for desertion since the American Civil War. So, although over 21,000 American soldiers were given varying sentences for desertion, found guilty and given sentences for desertion during World War II, including 49 who were given death sentences, uh, 48 of them were eventually commuted. The only one to actually, uh, the distance was carried out on was, uh, unfortunately, was for uh, Eddie Slovak. He was the only one who would actually be um, shot for desertion during World War II. Uh, Eddie was born in Detroit, Michigan, uh, to a Polish-American family, which means I'm going to screw up a lot of names here real quick. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, 
the son of uh, Anna and Joseph Slovoski. Slovoski. So they, they shortened the name to Slovak. Um, Eddie had a good relationship with his parents growing up, but they became concerned when he started hanging out with the wrong crowd as a young boy. And uh, Charles, I'm sure you hang out. You hang. You you had a diverse group that you hung out with, and they wasn't all choir boys. There wasn't all choir boys, but you know what? You know what I found later on in life, Timmy, is that many of those same men right now mm-hmm. have come to the Church of the Colonel. Yeah, they've converted. we've turned them around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got By the grace of God, straight and narrow. They're going back to school. They're taking care of their kids. Mm-hmm. Learning um, a trade. And you know what's going to happen to them? They get shot down the street. <laughs> Probably so. Because <laughs> everybody you ever see gets shot down the street, they say, oh, they was getting their lives turned around. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I'm just setting them up to be killed. Yeah. Yes, you are. I've got a lot of relatives who are always uh, in the process of getting back on their feet. I'm not sure exactly what that means. <laughs> but I've got one, cousin, I got one cousin has been trying to get on his feet for about 45 years. Wow. Everybody's got that cousin. <laughs> so anyway, Eddie Slovak. Um, as a miner, Eddie was uh, arrested frequently. A most coal, a coal miner. <laughs> yeah, a coal miner. Uh, mostly for um, minor, minor, <laughs> minor things, um, such as shoplifting. Uh, he got uh, uh, his him and some friends broke into a foundry and stole some brass. Uh, you know, when he was 12 years old. Between 1932 and 1937, they were sever- he got arrested several times for petty theft, breaking and entering and disturbing the peace. So, you know, not real serious stuff, but enough to get him uh, in trouble as a juvenile. In October 1937, he was sentenced to prison for breaking and entering, and he was paroled in 1938. Um, so he would have been... Oh, you know, just around you know, 18 or so at the time. Uh, after stealing and crashing a car with two friends while drinking, uh, he was sent back to prison in January 1939. So he's, he's getting in trouble for really stupid stuff. Um, but, you know, not hurting anyone, nothing, you know, nothing violent or anything like that. Although his parents were poor, um, they stuck by Eddie. They visited him in prison and sent him money when they could. And, you know, this was in the 30s, so it was in the heart of, you know, the height of the Great Depression. So, um, and, uh, you know, Eddie actually was in a better spa- uh, uh, place, some, you know, than with his, you know, he was having an easier time of it than his parents in a lot of cases because he was at least eating, you know, I mean, in the meals and stuff. and parents were dealing with the depression but they they visited him when they could and they sent him what they could at the end of 1941 of course what happened colonel the end of 1941 december 7th um on my birthday well and and you know and Vito corleone's birthday yeah if you watch the movie mm-hmm. um the japanese bomb pearl harbor too. they did on december 7 1941 it was a sneaky ass move the United States declared war on Japan, the Empire of Japan, and uh, Germany and Italy declared war on the United States. So the United you know, States why Germany have to get all nasty about it and declare war on us when we declare war on the Japanese? I thought that was real rude. Well, here's a little Go on, call for here's a little unknown fact. And well, I, I, won't, I won't ask it as a question because I've already mentioned it, but um, the United States is the only country that Germany declared war on in yeah. World War II. 
Yeah, they did not declare war on England. Nope. Did not no. declare war on France. Nope. But they declared war on us. Yeah. Uh, they was biting off more than they could chew on that one, Timmy. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, in April of 1942, Eddie, who was in the joint, in the can, in the was, can. was paroled once more. And he obtained a job in a, uh, at the Montella Plumbing and Heating Company in Del- Dearborn, Michigan. Of course, I know you've got a lot. You go to Michigan every year. I go to Michigan every year. I'm not going down to South Haven, though, because uh, that Tiffany Bell just breaking up bars and but it was nice. beating up people. Yeah, but it was nice of Montella Plumbing and Heating Company to give a, the young man a second chance. Uh, I'm sure that... Um, Bob Mears and Sons Painting would have hired him. No, I don't think Bob would. Bob's yeah. got very high standards. Yeah, well, yeah, but he, he likes giving people a second chance. Not but anyway. Not if he's smart. Uh, Eddie went to work with uh, the, this uh, Montella Plumbing and Heating in Detroit in 1942. So the United States just getting involved in the war. There he met a woman uh, who would later become his wife, Antoinette Winsoneski who was also of American-Polish descent. Uh, she was working as a book... book, book a was she working as a waitress in a cocktail small, bar? Small cafe. Uh, she was working at... Oh, we did the same words for two different songs. You did uh, Sweet... Was it Sweet? What's the name of that song? Don't You Want Me Baby? Don't You Want Me Baby? And I did The Legend of Bonnie and Clyde. My song is better. Yeah, probably so. Okay. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, Antoinette and uh, young Eddie meet, and they were married on November 7, 1942, which is right before the holidays, Colonel. Yep. That year. It's always lovely. I bet she was pregnant before Christmas. Mm, I don't think she was pregnant. Um, I bet they did it before Christmas. Well, maybe. They probably did it before marriage. They lived with her parents, uh, which, you know, Colonel makes... Uh, intercourse sometimes a bit difficult when you're living with your parents. It depends Unless you're having an intercourse with your parents, of course. It depends on if she's a sc- screamer or not. <laughs> it's true. If she's a screamer, it makes it you got to put a pillow over her head. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Uh, now, your question for you, devil. Damn it! What? <laughs> Just a question, and this is. I, and I is this having something to do with lesbianism? No. Okay. No. This. Are you a screamer? I don't want to talk about coitus. Well, we're not. We're talking about sex. We're talking about sex. <laughs> Are you a screamer, though? <laughs> I mean, just, you know, we're trying to... We're trying to learn your... Timmy and I, what we're trying to do is, you're here, you're one of the fairer sex. Mm-hmm. We're trying to learn more about women, how to treat women... And their genitalia. And, yeah, and their, and their genitalia, and their tingly parts. And, uh, but you never want to help us out, so... No, I enjoy watching the two of you flounder just a little bit. So, do you scream during sex? Not scream. I scream my head off, by the way. <laughs> oh, God. I bang my... You know one time I bang my head on a nightstand in the middle of it? I do know that. You you told us that. <laughs> got four, it's disturbing Got four time. stitches, Timmy. And you know what? Didn't stop you, did it? Did not. The colonel finished the task at hand. Well, you know... Neither rain nor snow. <laughs> exactly. So he's the dark the colonel, So he's the postman. The colonel, sex. postman. Yeah. <laughs> he delivers. <laughs> I'm like the UPS man or the postman. Or, he delivers. If you want a package, no. I will deliver it. Because UPS man delivers joy. <laughs> Chuck only delivers sorrow. Well, I, so I, I answer, answer his question, Brandy. Do you, are you a screamer? 
I don't know. I guess it just depends on what's going on. I mean, what's it take to get you to scream? Yeah, is there certain things that uh, you think about? <laughs> Are there certain things you think about? Was during... sticking a fork in the outlet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you ever fantasize when you have in the middle of usually I love making? Usually I fantasize I'm asleep. Yeah. Do you fan? Do you ever pretend you're in a Game of Thrones when you're in the throes of passion? No, I generally just want to be asleep. I think of baseball. Of course do you? you do. Yeah, which is you know explains why I scream slide sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> down, down, stay, stay. <laughs> See, I I pretend. I like to picture myself. I don't know why. I'm well, I mean, I mean, you know, you're, you're 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 trying to keep your mind off of the. So that you can make it uh, more lasting. You See, and, and I'm more zen. Like I like to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. I like so, to be right in that so moment. So Chuck's tantric. I'm tantric, yeah. yeah. But here's the thing that you all don't understand is that generally speaking, I will not speak for all women. I'm just saying, the women that I know, a lot of them, we don't care. Get done so that we can go on to other things. So basically, get done and roll off of, or off of you. Yeah, people okay. gotta sleep. The Tonight Show's on. Yeah, there's stuff happening. I got laundry to put. You know, it, it, see, it seemed like in your situation, if you if you do it like a missionary style, and they kind of moves over a little bit, you can be able to watch TV. Well, no, if you do a doggy style, you can both watch Sports Center too. Yeah. I don't have. We don't have cable in our bedroom. No, no, that's a problem. So you guys are really focused on the deed, then. Yeah. You don't. You ain't no messing around in there. Eddie Slovak. Yes, back to Eddie, please. The uh, the war broke out, and of course, the United States um, instituted a military draft, and uh, because of Eddie's criminal record, he was given the um, classification of 4F, which of course means Colonel. Means you're not fit for the draft. Active duty, right? Active duty. But um, shortly after the couple's first wedding anniversary, him and Annette's first wedding anniversary, um, things, you know, the war was going bad, right? This is 42, 43. This yeah, kind of, things were going bad in the Pacific, really bad. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and they knew that, you know, the Army was going to eventually have to uh, land in Normandy, right? So they, they needed guys. They needed they needed uh, they needed soldiers. cannon fodder is what they needed. They did, and so he was reclassified to one A, which of course is uh, means you're eligible. Means you're the fittest motherfucker in the world. Yeah, you're ready to go. Give him a gun and go so kill they're, somebody. So they're they're scraping the bottom of the barrel, uh, picking up anyone who is you know capable, physically capable of carrying a weapon. So Eddie was drafted, and uh, Brandy's going to tell us what happens next. So. He was reluctant to join the military, but Eddie knew if he didn't fulfill his military military obligations, he was going to be sent back to prison. Right. So he arrived at Camp Walters in Texas. Oh, was that and named after you? Walters. It's named after W O L. It was a misspelling. They were trying to. R S. They forgot to put that little line in the granite, but it was my great 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 grandpappy. No. Colonel. No. Irwin. Irwin, even. No, Walters. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was in the Navy. I don't have the shoes to deal with your bullshit today, so just simmer down there a second. a little bit. Yeah. He was known as, uh, he was known as old intestines. (laughs) Yeah. Old blood and intestines. (laughs) Bloody anus. (laughs) Bloody anus. All right. 
<laughs> Jesus God. All right, so he went to he went to Camp Walters, no relation to Charles Walters, uh, in Texas for basic military training on January twenty fourth, nineteen forty four. In August, he was dispatched to join the fighting in France. He arrived there on October twentieth. He was one of 12 replacements assigned to Company G. I don't like being a replacement. That means yeah, that means shit going down. Yeah, yeah my, I had a buddy who, who fought in Vietnam. and, and um, Were you a draft dodger? No, no, I wasn't. The, there was no war when I turned 18. How the fuck old do you think he is, for Christ's sake? Old enough. No, when I, I, no, I, 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 you, when I turned 18, the Iranian hostage crisis occurred. And that's when they reinstituted because they stopped the draft altogether for a while, and then they in 1979 they instituted the registration. So I'm registered. I'm still registered, but I'm registered. They call me like every three weeks. Mm -hmm. No, that's my opinion. You're far too old. No, they they want me for. I'm an idea man. Actually, my brother, my brother, line of shit before too. My brother. So he um, he was. He was drafted, and he went for his physical, and his next step was to wait for his orders to report, and that was 1973, and they ended the draft before he had to report, so he, you know, he lucked out of it, but um, then then they reinstituted the draft registration, which they have today, in 1979, and you had to go to the post office and fill out a little card, and that's what I did, but um, that's... An amazing story. Well, they used to do it on TV. They they pull these numbers out of this bowl. And you, oh, like bingo. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they with a guy blindfolded and all. And yeah, yeah. It was weird. my dad was in Nam. Yeah, he was. He doesn't talk about it. My brother-in-law was in that two years. Uh, I don't even know. Okay, so anyway, so he's the replacements assigned to Company. G. Oh, and that's what I was going to mention. I knew a guy. A guy was in Vietnam, and he his. Company, he would he, where where he was stationed in California, wherever they would get uh, these casualty reports every week, mm-hmm. and he, there was like this long list, like he was number one nineteen. So every time they get this report and they'd have fourteen casualties or whatever, he he ca- move up the list. He move up the list, waiting, you know, just waiting around to be sent to Southeast Asia. Yeah, that sucks. Um, okay, so again. He's gone. He's in Company G of the 109th Infantry Infantry Regiment, U.S. 28th Infantry Division. While en route to his assigned unit, <laughs> unit uh, Eddie and Private John Tankey, a friend he met during basic training, took cover during an artillery attack and became separated from their replacement detachment. Okay, so... Shit's going down. They Shit's get, going they, down. They, they get, get separated separate. from their friends. Gotcha. Uh, it was at this point, let's see, that Slovak stated he found out he wasn't cut out for combat. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I don't like this shit. You know, I don't like being shot at. No. Because, you know, all, yeah. most people do. Wait, you know what it's like? It's like pistachio ice cream. It's not like that at all. You either like it or you don't. Yeah. You know? Nobody likes being shot at. That's stupid. Have you ever been shot at, Devil? You no, know, I can neither <clears throat> confirm it's, nor deny. There's a certain adrenaline you get when you get shot yeah. at. Really? High. Because, uh, because you're victim run- victim high. Because you're running serpentine up and down a dirt road. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Avoiding yes. artillery. Yeah. Yes. 
I it's don't know not what you're yammering on about. It's I'm like, talking to shuffle. Well, let me t- tell you. I, mean, I, uh, I have been successful so far to avoid the knockout game, have I not? Yeah. You have, but only because you wear that big cap in the summer. Yeah. No way to mess with Eminem. If you walk like Eminem, they leave you alone. I have been you shot don't. twice. Timmy. Oh, I'm, I'm cool like Eminem. You've been shot twice. I've been shot twice. Easy 50 I'm, cent. I'm, I'm, easy I'm, 50 cent. I'm Tim Shady. Twice. I'm Tim Shady. You're Tim Shady. All right. Okay. All right. I just Hold on. Okay. Let me tell you something real quick. No. Yeah, this happened to me. You know those old Crossman pump guns? Yeah. BB guns? Yeah. Pellet guns. I'm about 10 years old. Did you shoot old. your eye out? No. My brother called me in, but instead of a BB, he had a lead pellet. He had a what? He had a lead pellet in there. Those pellets. Pellet guns. Put, yeah. He pumped it up about 125 times. Calls me in. He's like, hey, Colonel, come in here. Your brother called you Colonel? <laughs> My brother did. Even yeah. then, he knew Even he was then, bound yeah. for greatness. Yeah. Show him some respect. <laughs> Actually, I was a lieutenant then, yeah, but okay. anyway. Um, he had faith in me. So I come running in the living room because, you know, you, you're the little brother, and anytime mm-hmm. you're getting included in something, you're all excited about it, you know? I mean, that would, they, they could hurt just by shooting air on you. Like an he ambition. shot that son of a bitch, hit me right in the stomach. It's like shooting a bullet in you. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it went into my stomach and somehow traveled straight up. Mm-hmm. So it, it was about a quarter inch, maybe half, maybe half inch uh-huh. under the skin. Uh-huh. And it left this purple blood trail under the skin all the way up, damn near to my sternum. Did your dead mother beat the shit out of him? So my, my mother comes in. God rest her soul. She takes a razor blade, digs the pellet out, puts, Clear, some, yeah. some, puts some of that red stingy shit on there. Some, uh, uh, Mercurochrome. Mercurochrome. Stung like a motherfucker. Took a shoe and beat my mother, beat my brother to death. Your dead brother. My dead brother, yeah. God rest his soul. God rest his soul. Um, so it was, it was worth every penny of getting shot. So fast forward 20 years. My brother owns a business. It's a whole foreign company. Minutes. <laughs> and uh, I'm complaining because I got to meet him on a Saturday. I had a job and he's uh, got to do, he's doing a hardwood floor. And I'm like, come on, let's get out of here. And he's blah, 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 blah. And he's and I'm talking. I'm complaining. He shot me. You know those nail guns? I do know nail guns. He shot me with a nail gun. <laughs> Damn. The son bitch went into my calf so deep that it pinned my... They're shaped in a little L. They got a little hook at the top. Uh-huh. It pinned my knee, my jeans against my calf. And we had to get a pair of needle-nose pliers to pull this one-inch staple or, or nail out of my damn calf. You're lucky you didn't shoot you in the face with it. You know, but with those uh, pump uh, BB guns, I mean, you, you could, just like an air pistol, you can just you can just shoot air and it yeah. hurts. Oh, yeah, no, he shot me. He could have yeah. killed me. So you need a paintball guy. So the, the colonel been, he been wounded twice. Yeah, he's like 50 cent. <laughs> I, he has he's like 45 cent. I'm for, I ain't been shot nine times. I, 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 I give myself 30 cent. 25 cent. <laughs> 25 cent, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So Eddie Slovak. So Eddie decides he's not cut out for combat. Yeah. I don't blame him. Yeah. So the next morning, they found a Canadian military police unit. So they found a Mountie. You know what? I tell you what. If I'm if I if I was ever in combat and I was captured, I'd be talking like a motherfucker. I mean, I, you don't even have to twist my arm. <laughs> you don't have to pull out my what do you nails. Want, what do you want to know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you. Fuck Just it. give me a sandwich. I'll tell you what you need to know. Exactly. Um. So, but he remained with the Mounties for like six weeks. He yeah, stayed well. with them. He hung out with them. So I assume they just presume he was dead. 
Well, yeah, I think it happened a lot where people got lost from their units. So or companies or whatever. But I ain't never lost my unit, Timmy. Well, that's a good thing because, you know, they're hard to get back once you lose them. His is warty, though. Yeah. Tanky wrote to their regiment, eh, to their regiment to explain their absence before he and Slovak reported to their unit <laughs> for duty. Yeah. <laughs> it's a unit and duty in the same sentence. I know. Uh, on October 7th, 1944, the U.S. Army's rapid advance through France had caused many replacement soldiers to have trouble finding their assigned units. That's right. I mean, you, 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 you can't find your unit. Oh, man, that, that's a shock. Or your assigned unit. I, I mean, what if you're getting somebody else's unit? <laughs> that's true. But, you know, I've had nightmares where I couldn't find my unit. I'd be waking up, and the yeah. first thing i do is reach for my unit. I usually sleep with my hand on my unit, just so that can't happen. I know a woman who holds her husband's unit while they sleep. Um, yeah, I can. that makes sense. Have you ever done that with Dave? No. I mean, I guess it was, it's a bonding type of thing. Yeah, I don't need to bond with anybody. I'm just throwing it out there. Some people do that. Well, some people do. Yeah. Sometimes they Mrs. Tire. Colonel ties a rope around my unit uh, and then ties all the into the bed. Isn't your so unit up escape. on the mantle in a jar? <laughs> well, it's like Rasputin's. We like to show it off now and again. <laughs> yeah. So because, they, because they'd gone through France, because they... They just had all these people. Right. Evidently, they, people just running willy-nilly all over France. Oh, I'm sure there was a lot of that going on. Um, so they didn't file charges against these two dipshits that stayed with the Mounties for six weeks. So they didn't file charges against well, them. Well, they needed the guys on the front. They, they figured well, yeah. they had better chance, you know, more chance they're going to get more killed. More cannon fodder. Yeah. So on October 8th, 1944, Eddie informed his company commander, Captain Ralph Grote. And it, that name Grote. is important. Uh, that he was too scared to serve uh, in a frontline rifle company and asked to be reassigned to a rear area unit. Uh, to North Carolina, at least. <laughs> he wanted his unit in the rear? That's what it says. Here's my thing with that, though. There's probably a, uh, probably four or five hundred thousand other men who probably have that same preference. <laughs> that are too scared. Dude, dude, dude. Hold on, hold on. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, didn't sign up for this. Yes. Yeah, if you could, just, hang on, hang on. Time out. But if you're gonna get a choice, I mean, Timmy. Yeah. You got your choice. Wouldn't you want to have your unit in the rear? You know, I'm not. Big, you're against that. I yeah, forgot. I'm against the dirty flower. But if I had a choice in combat, whether I've been on the front lines or in the back, I want in the back. I want so far in the back. You know, I want to be. country. I want to be behind the generals. What you're doing is project. You're protecting our home shores. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So this dipshit goes in, and you know, he wants to be reassigned to the rear unit, uh, and he told his this commanding officer that he would run away if he were assigned to a rifle unit. I'm out of there like fucking. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And asked his captain if that would constitute desertion. <laughs> yes. It's such a dirty word. Well, yeah. isn't, isn't that the definition of desertion? <laughs> yeah. So if I run away. Let's say if I'm running to the back. No, wait. <laughs> to, my, to, the, to the back unit. This is some of Noah's logic. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is Noah's logic. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, if you put me up there, I'm just going to run away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, is that, is that and, and really, what, what good does that do anyone? Put me in the back. Yeah, let me put. put me back there. Yeah. I need. I can boil potatoes. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Uh, so of course, you know, Grody told him that. Yeah, that constitutes well, pretty much pretty yeah. much the definition of it. Yeah. yeah, dude, come on. Pretty much coming into my camp and so, stealing too. When you when you come in and take all my Hershey bars, that's actually stealing. Well, and here's yeah. the or thing: pop tarts, or pop tarts, whatever. <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> so, but the thing is, I don't know. I guess he thought this was going to work for him. Well, so, because, because so many people have had done it. Right. Well, you know, he evaded. He kind of lucked out for not getting, you know, charged with desertion before. Right. So really, this is like the second time. Yeah. This is why I mean, how many times does he get to down? do this? That's why you got to draw. You got to send a message. You got to send a message. Yeah. Well, well, he look. He figured he he had served time in the state. And everyone who was getting uh, arrested for desertion, they were only serving time. They wasn't shooting them. So he figured, you know, I, I've done that. I know I can serve time, you know. Right. So, you know, of course, Grody just says, you know, no, nah, Baba, nah. You're going to send him back to his rifle platoon. The next day on October 9th, Slovak deserted from his inf- infantry unit. His friend, John Tanky, Caught up with him and attempted to persuade him to stay, but Slovik's only comment was that his mind was made up. Yeah, he figured he probably figured he had a better chance of surviving the war in a prison, you know, in a in the prison cell than you know, uh, uh, as a in, infantryman in in France, and he probably was right, except. Well, it turned out that way. And so now I'm going to give you the class move that Eddie tried to pull off that okay. he thought would smooth this all over for okay. him. So Eddie walked a couple miles to to the rear, to the rear unit, to the rear unit, and approached an enlisted cook at a headquarters detachment, and presented him with a note mm-hmm. from his mother. Not really, but a note that stated, "I, Private Eddie D. Slovic, to the desertion of the United States Army. At the time of my desertion, we were in a buff, Elbuff, sorry, in France." I came to Elbeth as a replacement. They were shelling the town, and we were told to dig in for the night. The following morning, they were shelling us again. I was so scared, nervous, and trembling that at the time the other replacements moved out, I couldn't move. I stayed there in my foxhole till it was quiet, and I was able to move. I then walked into town, not seeing any of our troops. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not seeing any of our troops, so I stayed overnight at a French hospital. The next morning, I turned myself over to the Canadian Provost Corporate Corp. Corp. Sorry. Um, Corp. 
After being with them for six weeks, I was turned over to American MPs. They turned me loose. I told my commanding officer my story. He, I, I said that if I go out there again, I'd run away. Signed, Private Eddie D. Slovak. Yeah, that's probably was probably he was too upfront about it. He probably could have just yeah, it's a no bold. Yeah, I mean he, I mean he was just trying to be, you know, he was trying to be upfront, saying, "Look, I don't, I'm not going to do this. Go ahead and arrest me." When you know he probably could just, uh, you know, found a little French town and hung out till the war was over, and then claimed he was. You know, prisoner or something. No one would have known. There's so much chaos going on. Well, he just thought I'll go ahead and uh, you know turn myself in and get sent. You know, sent to uh, the stockade or whatever. Kind of jackass. So because that's what's. So you're going to give him this note, and then they're going to be like, oh, okay. Well, no, I, I think he, right. his thinking was that he was going to get a jail sentence. So the cook summoned his company commander and an MP who read the note and told Eddie to destroy it before he was taken into into custody. And since Eddie makes all good decisions, he refused to do that. Right. Eddie was brought before Lieutenant Colonel Ross Henbest, who again offered him the opportunity to tear up the note, return to his unit, and face no further charges. He again, Slovak again refused. Dumbass. Henbest ordered Eddie to write another note on the back of the first one, stating he fully understood the legal consequences of deliberately incriminating himself with the note, and that it would be used as evidence against him in a court-martial. Yeah, he's all down for the court-martial. I mean, he knows he's going to get court-martialed, and you know, thinking that he'll get a prison sentence. Yeah, but all these people are trying to help him. Do yeah, they're trying to they're trying to give him cut him a break. Yeah, and he's like, "Fuck that! I'm not going back to the front." And I don't think he's bright. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say if you're in that situation. You're seeing, but you know, lives are pretty cheap during a uh, during that conflict. So, I mean, I don't know. And he he's probably thought he was making a. Uh, Strategic decision, just you know, since he knows his, he already has a criminal record back in the states, and he knows that's going to follow him around. So you know, why get why get blowed up on a landmine in uh, south of France when he could be uh, just sitting in the war out in a prison cell, something that he was already accustomed to. I mean, he, I think he was making a logical decision. It's just that it didn't turn out the way he planned. No. <laughs> Uh, let's see. The consequences were greater than expected. Yes. yes. So, Eddie was taken into custody, and he was taken to the division stockade. The divisional judge advocate, Lieutenant Colonel Henry Sum- Summer, offered Eddie a third and final opportunity to rejoin his unit in exchange for the charges against him being suspended. He also offered Slovak to a different infantry regiment, where no, where no one would know of his past and he could start with a clean slate. Still, Eddie said nope. Uh, he was convinced he would only serve jail time. And, you know, that was better than combat. So he told him, no, I made up my mind. I'll take my court-martial. No U.S. soldier had been executed for desertion since the Civil War. From the fate of other deserters, Eddie figured that the worst he was going to be faced with was about 20, 20 years hard labor. Eddie also believed that since the war was winding down, he would likely be paroled early, perhaps shortly after the war ended. Of the 40,000 U.S. service members evaded combat during World War II, most were tried by lesser court-martial. 
but 2,864 cases were heard by general courts, general court martial, and received sentences from 20 years to death. While 49 death sentences were approved, only Slovics was carried out. Well, that don't seem fair. <clears throat> it seems like selective prosecution. Maybe it was Based Darwinism. Fact, because well, he was I think, such a dick. Well, yeah, and I think, I, I think too, it was, was the, it was the time where, you know, it was the, the Battle of the Balls was going on. They knew they were going to invade Germany, and they, you know, they had to make an example of somebody. They, they couldn't let all these guys start deserting. And, I got no pity for the man, because you know, no. Timmy, if well, there's anything the colonel can't abide, it's a coward. Yeah, but read on, because he, he, he was pretty stoic at the end. Well, he was charged with he desertion to avoid hazardous duty and trapped by court-martial on November 11, 1944. He, tra- he had tried to be... He, Slovak had to be tried by a court-martial composed of staff officers from other U.S. Army divisions because all combat officers, officers from the 28th Infantry were busy. They were fighting on the front lines. They were right. getting asses shot off. Yeah, you you probably don't want someone who's getting their ass shot off every day to be on that panel. Yeah. You know, they probably have a bias. Now, the prosecutor, Captain John Green, mm-hmm. Captain Hangin' John Green, uh, yeah. presented witnesses to whom Eddie Slovak had stated his intention to run like a bitch out of here. Um or run away, mm-hmm. in Eddie's words. Mm-hmm. Run like the Weasley coward that I am. Run like the wind, bullseye. <laughs> so, the defense counsel, Captain Edward Woods, Edward Hardwoods, announced that Slovic had elected yes. not to testify. <laughs> so, the 28th Division had seen many cases of soldiers wounding themselves or deserting in the hopes of prison sentence that would at least protect them from the penis of combat. You couldn't even try a clinger for a little while to see if that worked out for you? Okay, yeah. you got a little typo in your script. That's uh, the perils of combat. Yeah. Me, you put penis of I combat I did not there. put penis on there. Um, anyway. <laughs> You're inserting dirty... Nuggets. So before the court martial began, a legal officer of the 28th offered Slovak a deal. Mm-hmm. Dive into combat immediately and avoid the court martial. Jesus God. <laughs> And said, you might as well take out your pistol and shoot me now because I ain't going back there. Okay. (laughs) So he was tried Mm -hmm. for desertion and convicted in less than two hours. They didn't, because they're in the Army, they don't get the lunch vouchers, so they don't want to waste any time. Well, that and they already had a note. They did have a note. Um, The nine officer court martial passed a unanimous sentence execution. To be shot to death with musketry. Mm. Musketry sucks. Musketry is a tough way to go. It yeah. really is. I mean, they could have stabbed him, hung him, electrocuted him, lethal injection, bitten by a rattlesnake. You know, in um, Germany, they had their they one of the options for their death penalty back pre pre World War Two was starvation. That's a motherfucking. Oh, way that's to go. a that's a way to go. Yeah. I'll take starvation because it'd take me and you a long time. Yeah. I, I could probably get a new president and a pardon by the time <laughs> I start to die. You'd outlive the warden and all <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Now, the sentence was repu- re- reviewed and approved by the division commander, Major General Norman Coda. Schwarzkopf. Oh, yeah. General Coda's stated attitude was given the situation as I knew it in November. 
I thought it was my duty to this country to approve that sentence. If I hadn't approved it, if I had let this little weasel accomplish his purpose, I don't know how I could have gone to the line and looked a good soldier in the face. You couldn't have. Now, on December 9, Eddie wrote a letter to General Dwight D. Eisenhower pleading for clemency. Eddie is a letter-writing motherfucker. Yeah, now the timing was bad for Mercy. The Battle of the Bulge in the Ordnance Forest uh, was issuing was going on right that minute. Thousands of American casualties were happening, not to mention the second largest surrender of an American Army unit during the war. Unit. Desertion had become a systemic problem in France, and the surprise German offensive through the mountains began on December 16, 1944, with severe U.S. casualties pocketing several battalions and straining the morale of the infantry to the greatest extent seen during the war. Yeah, so they were up to So Eisenhower was in no mood for his nonsense. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. So he decided it was necessary to discourage further desertions. I would. The sentence came as a shock to Slovak, who'd been expecting a dishonorable discharge and maybe some prison time. Figured maybe a couple lashes, whatnot. Thought he'd get thrown in the stock. You know what the Russians used to do? Well, the Russians, if you were in the front line, the guys behind you, if you retreated, they shot you. Yeah. yeah they had they had special units to mm-hmm. uh, set up behind yeah. behind the line to yeah, shoot. To any, shoot anybody any moving backwards. Yeah. Not deserters. If yeah. you just retreated a little bit. Yeah. You went, you went backwards five feet to get a better position. They shot your ass down. Mm-hmm. Russia is known for all of its, you know... Cool, calm, and collected. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, now already an ex-con, a dishonorable discharge would have made a little impact on Eddie's life. And military prison terms for discipline officers were expected to be commuted once war was over. Mm-hmm. He, he was playing the odds. Yeah, he wrote one of his last letters to his wife that he had always been unlucky, except for when he married her. And he should have known that turn for the better would not last. That's so, nice. Which, you know what? He's probably right. Mm-hmm. Because I married Mrs. Colonel. <coughs> You've been married. You married. Dave married you and thought, oh, this is great. It didn't last. It is great for Dave. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do not believe that, devil. I, I believe the living. It is great. The I wonder what Dave would, if Dave had a choice of remaining married or the firing squad, what he would choose. Dave you think always, he'd be writing a letter? Dave always has a yeah. choice. He'd take, a, uh, he'd, he'd take the rattlesnake bite. Dave always has a choice. Mm-hmm. Now, Eddie reportedly told the MPs who led him from the caretaker shutter that he had been chosen as an example because of his criminal records. He was playing, he was playing the ex-convict card. They're shooting me for the bread and chewing gum I stole when I was 12 years old. Yes, they are. Yes. Couldn't be the note that you're writing there, John Steinbeck. Well, and he also added that they're making an an example out of me. Yes. Now, the execution by a firing squad was carried out at 10.04 near the village of San Marie All Mines. Hmm. Twelve hand-picked hey. soldiers. You know, you're you're kind of sexy when you use those French words. Sam Marie Osmond. Oh. And that fake southern accent. <laughs> There's nothing fake about my southern accent, sir. You offend me deeply. Good Lord. Now, twelve hand-picked soldiers were detailed for the firing squad from 109th Regiment. These guys were all known as poor shots. We're going to probably hit him in the knee with the musket. But that's why they were chosen. 
Really? Yeah, we chose him because they were poor shots. No, he's making that up. The weapons used were standard issue M1 rifles with just one bullet for each rifle. Yeah, definitely. One rifle was lo- loaded with a blank so that no one would know for sure which of the executioners would fire the fateful shot. Yeah. So you got ten guys. I got that. Nine of yeah. them got blanks. Or no, one of them got a blank. Got Why give you got, you got twelve, right? Why give the one guy a blank? Well, because they he doesn't know he's got a blank. Yeah. No, I know, but why give the one guy? Why wouldn't you give the one guy one bullet and everybody else get a blank? Why do you have this one motherfucker? Oh, because this son bitch got to look like ground beef when you're done with it. Well, that. but why do you give that one motherfucker a blank? Why don't you do. just give him a bullet? I think they do. Because what does it matter? I think they do that. It's so that you don't think, so that you, you never have know. out in your mind that I may have not been the guy who killed him. I understand that. She's you saying do the same they, thing with a bullet. Why yeah. would you load one gun with a blank? Because maybe the guy misses or something. And no, where you're sure to kill him. I I understand what you're saying. I think you're it, saying give eleven blanks and one bullet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, you got to hit him in the heart four times. Or or don't give any blanks at all. That's just cruel. And shoot him in the head. God, what is Jesus? Um, you know Gary Gilmore. Gary Gilmore when I he was when Game he when he was assassinated. I think they did exactly what you're saying. I think everyone had a blank, but one person. And they, sh- they, you know, they shot at his heart. And then the, no, and no one knew if they were the one who right. actually killed him or not. But in this case, they had eleven people with bullets and one with a blank. And one with a well, because everyone could justify maybe I didn't, maybe I wasn't the one to kill him. No, I understand that. Right. But why do you have this one motherfucker with a blank? Why don't you get the? What does okay. it matter? Here's why we're having a hard time getting this through to you. Some, Some people, people have, have feelings. Yes. No, Some no, no, people no. have feelings. See, not everybody the, is as but cold the guy like, with the oh, blank, yeah, But the guy with the blank doesn't know he has a blank. Right? Right. Right. Okay. Nobody knows who. That's the no. whole purpose. Okay. Cockholster closed. Have you seen the pizza thing Seriously. on the thing? Listen to me. I can't eat eight pieces. If you had a I pizza. I have seen that. Listen yeah. to me, because you're clearly I, not understanding me. I'm not getting at pizza reference at all. I, well, you're not understanding what I'm saying. You have all these guys with bullets. Yes. Yes. And one of them has a blank. Yes. yes. Okay. Because you don't want anybody to know that they've shot him. Right. But the guy with the blank doesn't know he has a blank, so he will still think. Yeah. The, I odd, shot the, him. the odds are no, that you're the one. All the guys can think maybe I didn't maybe shoot I didn't him. shoot him. Yeah. But why do you give one guy a blank? Why not give six of them a blank and six of them? Why not give them all a bullet? It. What? Why would because you give one they, guy a because blank? Because they were trying to be. Uh, to, they they didn't want to. They were trying to assume their consciousness. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Because the guy still thinks that he could have shot that guy or not shot him. Well, you're a half empty type of person. You no. are. <coughs> no, he's still thinking. So what you're saying is it doesn't matter if you can if you just put if the guys think there's a blank in there, but there's no blank. Why don't you, what you're saying is, why don't you just get one guy a fucking mortar cannon and just blow his ass back into Texas? You can do that. No, what I'm saying is if you've got 12 guys on a firing squad, give every fucking one of them a bullet. Nobody still knows who shot the guy. Why are you giving one lonely son of a bitch that doesn't even know he has a blank? Because it makes no difference to him. He doesn't know he's got a blank. Well, we're not going to resolve this today. (laughs) 
See, Timmy, there was this girl. Yeah. And she says, her boyfriend says to her, she's getting a pizza. How is, no, but I don't, and, I get the pizza thing. And you don't Timmy have to explain it right it. now. Well, you don't have to explain it right now. I get the pizza thing. But I don't understand why. He, the thinking is all the same with all of these guys, whether you have a blank or a bullet, because they don't know if they have a bullet. Right. 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 Okay. We're with you. So why would you give out a blank? Because everyone so they can sleep that. at night to think, I might, maybe mine was a blank. So they, they know don't. somebody has a blank. Yes. But they're not sure who it is. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's still ignorant, but all right, it makes more sense. And didn't we say that? <laughs> No, it's like when you're that. having sex with multiple partners. I'm sure you're familiar with that. I'm not. And one guy is shooting blanks, and then you get pregnant by a live one. And all the guys are talking about. I don't think it was me because yeah. I wore a condom. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, we're gonna do something you can relate to. <laughs> yeah, we'll put this in, in a parable that you might understand. How did this develop? How did this develop into slamming me when you're the one that goes round the world with every skank that walks the earth? He was with the loveliest woman I Yes, yes, yes. This time. This, this time, time, yeah, this, this time. time. In Thailand, you with some skanky. Yeah, this is <laughs> I mean, let's let's not. <laughs> not, not the lovely Clara. She's, not pretty, she's the lovely. Clara's fine. Clara's a princess. Yes, she is. Let's not. She's a. She's, she's a, fine. She's a. She's a caramel. Oh my Colombian god. Colombian princess. Okay. A caramel. But goddess. the point is, yes, Brandy. They were. They, it was so that the the soldiers who took part in that could justify. In their mind, they could say, perhaps mine, my, my the shot I fired. Was because a blank. they knew they had a blank. Yes. yes. Okay. So everyone knew that someone had a blank. That did not. That was not conveyed. Okay. Well, obviously. So uh, you want to sit here and call me a whore because <laughs> you didn't convey the well, right I'm thing. Just, it, I, no, I'm you just, did call me a whore. I, I'm just saying that Charles sometimes is not as articulate as we would like for him to I be. I think I was pretty goddamn <laughs> lucky to form sentences. She was the one that couldn't do the math. No, I did the math just fine. <laughs> All right, Colonel, what else You're happened? the one that was in the whole multiple partner thing. It didn't have nothing to do with me. Not everybody gets a big boner from thinking they might have killed somebody like you do. Yeah, that's all we're saying. So they put one blank in there and to say maybe you didn't do it, and the guy puts his head on the pillow at night. He doesn't have to come to the Colonel Church for again, absolution. Again, like you, I don't get a boner at all. You don't, you don't get a boner. <laughs> like you, I get no boner at all. Well, you are the face of impotence. <laughs> yeah. See, I had a penis transplant. So. <laughs> So anyway, those who attended the execution marveled at how stoic Eddie's demeanor was as he was led to his death. <clears throat> you know what, if I was Eddie, I would write a letter and say, well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to go through with this execution. Uh, I yeah. prefer to can do I something. Just go, can I just go to the rear here? Can I go to the back? Yeah. I need another letter. Now, one of those Freaking witnesses was a young Army Lieutenant Nick Gozik. Mm-hmm. Gozik is now 95. And says, I don't remember fuck about it. No, I'm 95 that's not years true. old. <laughs> what did he say? He had a crystalline. That's a nice word. You like that? Like he that? had a crystalline memory of being summoned to the headquarters as a new officer with a battlefield commission. And then loaded. A lot of times I dummy these scripts down for you guys to read. <laughs> yeah, well, crystalline, that's pretty nice. And then he loaded his men into trucks, driven through the wet, heavy snow to the sound of. to the town of. Saint Marie Osmonds. 
But do you get turned on when he says no? I don't. Words? Come on, I don't get turned on by much of anything he does. <laughs> tell me, tell me, you're not a little tingly there, Double. No. You know you are. You can admit it to the listeners. You're no. tingly. My stomach's starting to feel funny though. <laughs> I think uh, team team uh, Brandy's probably all. Quivering now. Quivering all jelly-ish. Yeah, yeah they'll probably jump over to Team Colonel after they, after they hear your French. Sam Marie all ladies. <laughs> after you hear his <laughs> southern French. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm from the south of France. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now. From Nice. Nice, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be from Nice. <laughs> wow. We. They were directed to a schoolroom for a time. And then they were marched across a small wooden bridge over a stream that ringed a walled estate. Beyond the iron gate, they entered a courtyard. They were called to attention and stood with no idea why they were there. After a short time, two military policemen escorted a young man from a caretaker's shed. His uniform had been stripped of all insignia. He had an army blanket on his shoulders. He was bareheaded, Gozik recalled. The man in the MP started toward the wooden post, and Gozik understood that his unit was there to witness an execution. Gozik would have expected the MPs to have been required to drag the condemned man and for him to be struggling, kicking, and screaming. Instead, Eddie's step was absolutely even, unhesitating as he took what he knew to be his final strides. All I could see was a young soldier, blonde hair, walking straight as a soldier ever walked, Gozik recalled. I thought he was the bravest soldier I ever saw. Gozik watched his MPs use garrison belts to tie the condemned man to the pole. A Catholic chaplain approached the man and, saw, and Gozik saw it was the same priest who had sometimes said mass for his unit. Gozik was only some ten yards away, close enough to make out much of what the priest and the man was saying. It sounded like they were praying that Hail Mary, Gozik recalled. Then I thought I heard the priest say, When you get there, say a good word for me, will you? Because he was a priest. Nobody mm-hmm. knows what he was liable to have done. So anyway. That's awful. Huh? That's awful. Well, then the condemned man said, I will, Father. Eddie's head was covered with a satiny black hood that the army had asked a local woman to make. They didn't tell her what it was for. Now, a general allowed the order that a private was to be executed for desertion. A young officer loaded the rifles at a 12-man firing squad with a single bullet, one with a blank. The squad took position, and the officer called out, Ready, aim, fire. On a command of fire, Slovak was hit by 11 bullets at least four of them being fatal, which is kind of bullshit because only one of them can be fatal. Well, I guess they're saying... Once you get hit with the first fatal one, the other ones are kind of redundant. Yeah. Waste of bullets. Yeah, really? Yeah. Unless you, you know, like the devil over here, you want to see him get 138 rounds. Why you can't give him a blank? Shoot that <laughs> motherfucker 45 times. Why, yeah. But anyway, the wounds range let's see, from... Let's see how yours goes. High in the neck region, out to the left shoulder, over the left chest, and under the heart. One bullet was in the upper left arm. That motherfucker was a terrible shot. He was only 10 yards away with a rifle. Um, an army physician quickly determined Slovak had not been immediately killed. Yeah, he survived oh, 11, 11 shots. Just as the firing squad's rifles were being reloaded in preparation for another volley, but before the reloading was complete... Now, this is, this is what, my, what I take exception in. You get a death sentence, 
They shoot you. They shoot you. If they don't kill you, I say you get a pass. It's like the rope breaking when yeah, you hang. Yeah, and you should get a pass. You should get a pass. Um, but before the rifles were com- loading, the rifles were complete. Um, Private Slovak died. He was 24 years old. The execution took 15 minutes. Eddie Slovak was buried in a remote corner of a cemetery in France, along with 95 other American soldiers who had been executed. These for rape or murder. All the graves marked with only a number. Eddie's grave marker are hidden. Grave marker is hidden from view by shrubbery, and by sequential numbers instead of names, making it impossible to identify them individually without knowing the key. With the book about Eddie's execution published in 1960, Frank Sinatra bought the movie rights and announced plans to produce and direct it himself. Little known story, Timmy. But you and Blue, Blue Eyes? Me and Blue Eyes. My name, my middle name is Albert. I am Charles Albert Walters. Okay. The reason I am Charles Albert and the seven men before me were all Charles William Walters mm-hmm. is because my father was a huge fan of Frank Sinatra. We can call him Fat Albert. And he wanted to name me. <laughs> he wanted to name me Francis Albert. That is the I, I, best I, present ever. Yeah, when I introduced my him, mom would not allow it, <laughs> so they compromised and named me Charles Albert. Okay, so that is fascinating. But how, what was the Albert to do with Frank Sinatra? Well. Um, the press got word that Sinatra had hired a blacklisted screenwriter. No, 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 wait a minute. I'm, I'm getting back to you. You're, you're, you were named Albert because you, he was a fan of he Frank's was a Frank, uh, Frank. Okay, is Frank's middle name Albert? Francis Albert okay. Sinatra. Okay, I didn't know yeah. that. I'm sorry. Yeah, so they compromised, and my mom did not like Francis. Okay. So she compromised. Would have been great if his name Frankie. was Francis. Oh, my God. Little Frankie. He's fat Colonel Albert. Frankie. He's fat Albert as it is. It's spectacular. That's hurtful. But Francis. You psychos call me Francis. <laughs> Don't call me Francis. Lighten up, Francis. So Sinatra vowed not to back down in the face of the ensuing uproar. But Joseph Kennedy Sr. reportedly called Sinatra and voiced concern that his son's friendship with the singer might make voters think that John Kennedy was soft on communism and cost him the presidential election. Yeah, so because Sinatra this was the project. Yeah, this is when Hollywood was under attack for anti-American yeah. activities, and uh, he was yeah. hired that. And he hired a blacklisted screenwriter right. to do all this. Right now, Antoinette, his Slovic, yeah, his wife. Petitioned Army for her husband's remain and you know, pension. And she was until just told. You know, she was just told that he had died in the, in Europe. They didn't. Yeah. Tell her, they didn't tell her he was they executed didn't tell her what happened exactly. until later on. Yeah, that's some shit. So his case was taken up in 1981 by former Macomb County Prosecutor or Commissioner Bernard V. Kalka. They wanted to get his body back to Detroit. Yeah, Polish American World War II veteran who continued to petition the army to return Slovak's remains to the United States. By 1987, he had persuaded President Ronald Reagan to order their return. One week later, President Ronald Reagan forgot that he issued said order because he had Alzheimer's disease. No, it's not true. It's not true. I know, but it's funny. (laughs) You know he did. You know what Ronald Reagan had for breakfast? He doesn't know. He don't know either. (laughs) So anyway, God the, rest his soul. You are not good people. The ex- the tran- he was dug up <laughs> and sent back home in 1987. Exhumed. He was exhumed, the exhumation uh-huh. and transfer was finally approved in 1987. 
Eddie's bad luck briefly reasserted itself when his remains were put on the wrong plane and ended up in the rear unit in San Francisco. Well, that's where he always wanted to be. Because in San Francisco, everything ends up in the rear unit. <laughs> that's terrible. That was a good one. Man. Timmy enjoys San Francisco. I like San Francisco. It's a lovely city. And Stephanie Q lives out in that area. Oh, Stephanie, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, Eddie finally arrived in Detroit two days later <clears throat> and was laid to rest at his wife, beside his wife at Detroit's Woodmere Cemetery. Yeah, she died before the, his body could be yeah. sent back to the U.S. Um, the commissioner raised $8,000 to pay for this in the transfer. Now, before Eddie's death, Antoinette and others petitioned seven U.S. presidents, Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, Ford, Carter, for a pardon, but none was granted. In militaries around the world, court-martials have been imposed deaths for offenses such as cowardice, desertion, insubordination, and mutiny. I think these are all things we are very, very, me and you are very likely to have. If we're oh, every, every damn one of them. Yeah, mutiny, oh, I, I, cowardice, I, desertion, cowardice. insubordination. I'm right. That, that's like... Those are some of the key words on my resume. I was going to say, yeah, no, that's yeah. Yeah. those are the words that come to mind when I think of you. Yeah. You know, if you're playing the, uh, you know, yeah. word association, yeah, word association Chuck. games, yeah, insubordination, Chuck, <laughs> cowardice, Chuck, <laughs> mutiny, Chuck. So anyway, in France during World War One, from 1917 to 18, the United States executed 35 of its own soldiers, but all had been convicted of rape or unprovoked murder of civilians. And not for military offenses. Now, can you only do mutiny on a boat? Nope. Nope. We can mutiny anywhere. You can mutiny on a tank. You can mutiny You can mutiny on this podcast. Mm -hmm. You would be shot. Although, you know what? We were just looking back at an old post, how you was bad-mouthing me and Brandy, and we was close to mutinying then. Yeah, called himself Lord Michaels of all things. Lord Michaels of the podcast, yeah. And you said I could not hold a Horatio's jock, I believe is what you said. Horatio Sands. (laughs) Yeah. Something along those lines. During World War II and all theaters of war, the United States executed 102 of its soldiers. But again, they were all for rape, pillage, and looting. Yeah. Now, Colonel Robert Bard of the Judge Advocate General's office noted that of the 2,800 Army personnel tried for desertion, desertion, for the second period, January 1942 through June 1948, 49 were convicted and sentenced to death, and 48 of those sentenced were voided by a high authority. And who do you think that high authority was? It was the Jesus Lord Christ above. No, I think it was probably the. Uh, well, when I'm talking about high authority, staff of the I am talking with American I'm Armed Forces. Talking about the relationship I have with Jesus. Timmy. Okay, what else? <laughs> um, that's pretty much it. We got 19... Oh, it was a movie. Mm-hmm. The book was adapted for a movie starring Martin Sheen, mm-hmm. who did a great job in that movie. What movie um, is it? The, the Execution, Execution of, of Private Slovic. Yeah. Now, military service record of Slovic, which is now TV. a public archive record available from the Military Personnel <coughs> Record Center, and on provides Amazon. a detailed account of the actual execution of Slovic which took place in 1945, and it was yeah, upon this that most of the film was based. There's photos of his execution, on, not not video, but there's photos of his, shortly after his execution on the internet, if you're so inclined. To and the old up. man 
uh, that we talked about. Yeah, they got the witness. Nick, in 2010, made a pilgrimage to the cemetery on Veterans Day, and he placed an American flag on the grave of the man he said was still the bravest soldier he ever saw. Eddie Slovak. Eddie Slovak. Well, that's then he must have been senile because that man was chicken shit. Well, well, he was like eighty years, eighty-five no, years old, ninety-five at the time. But anyway, he was. He took his punishment. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it's hard to. It, it, it was selective persecution, prosecution. Well, but that is what you. That's the risk well, you run. Well, I know that, but. You know, there were a lot of... Um, there's a book called The Deserters, mm-hmm. and it's about guys who deserted during World War II. No shit. And they... Some of these guys were like gangsters, man. They they really took advantage of, like, the... The war-torn, confusion. Yeah, war-torn France and stealing and raping and pillaging. And Looting. Shit. Yeah. Um, but the only one to be executed was your friend, Private Eddie Slavik. Colonel... Where can uh, people find us? People can find us everywhere. Now, of course, we'll be uh, headlining the Pitchfork Fest Music Festival up in Chicago. No, we're not. Okay, we're going to be making a guest appearance on uh, Saturday Night Live. Of, no, we're not doing week. any of those things. No. Brandy, okay. where can people find us? Because obviously he doesn't know. You can find us on Facebook. Yeah, we have two Facebook pages, uh, History Dweebs, that covers the history real history mm-hmm. and also history to read the podcast that uh, covers a lot of nonsense so and yes. uh, but it's a fun page yes. so we ask that you join us there yeah and really you can f- oh iTunes yes. oh did you iTunes. come up with that there you go well, Timmy forgot it iTunes leave us no. a review we um, still, please we were still doing it please subscribe and leave us a uh, review yeah, on iTunes that's how people find us we have decided um, all, most of the complaints we get are about um, you? From one or two things. They're from people just, for whatever reason, don't seem to like the devil over here. Well, I mean, she they, she comes across as nasty, cold, and mean. Dead and, weight uh, is what I've heard. And dead weight, yeah. I mean, a drag on the show, what, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. What? There's not I'm really a whole lot we can do about that. I'm delightful. Um, you can't change people's personality. You're no, right you saying. can't. You can't. I mean, a, a leopard ain't going to change its spots, and mm-hmm. a cobra ain't going to change its little hoodie neck thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, my, my little hoodie neck thing. Your little hoodie neck thing. Uh-huh. So we can't do that, but we decided um, people complain about the sound. Yeah. So we're going to be working on that because we're right now using one mic- a condenser microphone. Mm-hmm. That we thought, I listen to these podcasts, I find the sound fine. Now, if you're an audiophile, I don't and There's know. nothing worse than an audiophile except a pedophile. Wow. I don't know that the... No, I think the audio files worse. Really? I think they really are. I don't know. Because I, when they talk about the, the, you know, the sound quality... Mm-hmm. So but we're in somebody's office it. with a $100 microphone. Yeah, but we're working on yeah. that. We're going to... We're not in the studio. Yeah, we're not in the studio. This no. is an NPR, for Christ's sake. Yes. So, but, uh, but we but thought uh, maybe we would work on that. And before we close, Colonel, let's talk about this whole concept of the kangaroo with the three vaginas. It's a well, you know what? Really? Because I told you that. What's that? The kangaroo has three vaginas. Yeah, you, you did. We, we but you did not. Recite you. you didn't think about the possibilities. Uh. I mean, it's like if you, it, you know, I think they should. I, see, I think women should have two vaginas at least. What? One. For Why ha- is this still one on? for having babies, and one for not having no, babies? No, three. 
One for having babies. Mm-hmm. One for doing their disgusting duty. Yeast infections. Yeah. And yeah. Urinating. So, yeah. So you get the yeast infections in the one vagina. Yeah. No, because they could get that in a baby vagina because you ain't using that one no more. Well, anyway. yeah, and that's true. You could you could urinate through that one as yeah. well. Yeah. So two vaginas. Fuck. One is clean. Two vaginas. One's clean. What is? Wrong we don't with care what you do with the other one. Um, listen, let, let, let me. I'm gonna I'm stop you there. I'm gonna go ahead and stop you there because <laughs> we're not going to talk about vaginas. You don't know that much about vaginas. You don't know enough about vaginas. But we're trying to you learn. You don't know enough about a single <laughs> vagina. I've seen to a talk few. About, let alone talk about multiple vaginas. So we're going to stop there. You all can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. And you can find us on Facebook. Why is she always got a And on Twitter. And on Twitter. And sometimes one. Sometimes Have you noticed what a buzzkill she can be? Yes. Sometimes Tim tweets. I'm not often tweeting. I mean, just think show. about it. The perfect the woman, you got two vaginas. No. When the baby comes out, it's all wore out hey. and whatnot, got hey. 100,000 miles on it. And then the other one is like when I you think, met him. I think the well, while ago we had the momentum of stealing the, when you, you was giving your talking in your French accent, you had a, you had the momentum going where all those people on Team Brandy was going to slide over to you because they were all excited. Mm-hmm. But I think now they're kind of, you know, they're leaning back toward Team Brandy because you're talking about the malt of the ripped up vagina. The what? You know, the he distorted just, vagina. The, the worn out vagina? Yeah. So, no, I mean, it's a vagina mafia. So, no. and they could double their membership it's in one day. vagina mafia. Shh. Brandy, Shh. any final thoughts? Shh. I have a big bag of shish over here for you. Any final thoughts? No, thank you. I'm I'm done thinking. Have today. a delightful weekend. You as well. Thank you. I will enjoy Chicago. Oh, you will not be here tomorrow, will you? Uh, yeah, I'll be here for a very short time. Uh, so you can give me the information and the free tickets to the music festival. Tomorrow. I can. Okay. I Wonderful. can. Uh, say goodbye, Colonel. You uh, listeners have a lovely day, and uh, I think we're we're on to something. We'll, we'll talk about this dual vagina thing. Yeah, there should be an option that comes. With we're not ever going to talk about this. Yes, ever again. You know, if you had one and you put it on kangaroos, your, got three. Like on your pro dating profile, you get a lot. Yeah, of you get all kinds of. If you were on Tinder. You be getting the right swipe all the time. What the hell kind of fetish is that? (laughs) I'm into women with multiple vaginas. Well, well, that's and two sets of tits. You know what? Two sets. That's too many. You only need three. In a perfect woman, you would have three. You only have two hands. I know, but you you dive face down and you got your hands on one side and your face in the middle. The colonel is doing some, uh, (laughs) is demonstrating this as he speaks. I'm so damaged. Okay, so thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time on History Tweet. Good day. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.